What's up, everybody? It's Luke Rain, and we had a question this week from Kfish, one of our listeners, and he asked, sound design, do you need it? How much do you need to know about it? What about curation? How do you find a signature sound? Well, we discuss all these questions and more this week on the Human Music Podcast, episode 61, Do You Need to Know Sound Design? Please take a minute to support our sponsors. We got Dojo TV, which is free producer live stream classes from the producer Dojo Senseis. The weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 230 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices, where you can learn high level engineering skills from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute, the best engineer that we know. And your first class is free. Uh, make sure you go check out our song of the week here playing behind me. This is Rip Kenny, Don't Come Home, off his EP, Awakening. All right, let's get into the episode. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Human Music Podcast. I like it. Christian What's up, humans? Sound design. <laughs> <Christian>. Yes. <laughs> and that was the start of the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Christian Mothers Against Sound Design, where uh, we're not Christian, we're not mothers, and we actually are okay with sound design, but you know. We're here to talk today about a question the homie Kfish asked us. Kfish, our MFQ, most frequent questioner on the podcast. The yeah, the, the homie legend. Kfish. Legend. Absolutely. Legend. legend. Woo! Big and as we know from that Tom Cruise movie and the Tangerine Dream soundtrack, 80s reference, legends are now and forever. And if you don't get that reference, it's probably because you didn't watch that one old movie. Yeah, you freaking millennials. Yeah, we're gonna. A <laughs> uh, high key, highly recommend it. It's got Tim Curry as the devil. It's got Tom Cruise as a fantasy adventure hero trying to save Ferris Bueller's girlfriend Mia Sara from the devil uh, with a bunch of uh, dwarves and fairies. Uh, and the soundtrack of the American version is. Wonderful 80s synth pop by Tangerine I don't, Dream. I don't, is this a hot take? I can't watch anything with Tom Cruise in it and enjoy it. I I don't know. That... I don't know, man. I think he's a compelling actor. And I think this he's is a from Scientologist Scientolo- and I can't yeah, take him seriously. Yeah, but it was before Scientology. This is like when he was fucking 20. <sighs> Yo, but, real but you quick. can't take what back what I know about him now. Yeah, I that's I can fair. separate it. <laughs> um... What was that movie where Shaq was a genie? That Shazam. Was, it was Kazam. Kazam, yes. Oh, that's actually a, a Mandela effect. Like, yep. Because there was one with uh, Sinbad called like Shazam, and then there was Kazam with. Man, there, I don't. There, there's some sort of <laughs> if people in the chat, if you're not aware of the Mandela <laughs> effect, it's this conspiracy theory about why we live in a simulation in which. Things you remember being one way or another, the Mandela portion of this being everyone believes Mandela, Nelson Mandela died in jail, but then he got like released and everyone's like, it wasn't he dead? And then there's like the Berenstein Bears, but apparently yeah, it's Berenstein Bears. All of I this on Berenstein, dude. Of course, everyone pronounced it Berenstein Bears, but I think everyone just it's a honestly the the Mandela effect is is a collective misrepresentation of 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 what the thing was like that's about of course like that of course that's gonna happen yeah about a whole article about how that sinbad movie doesn't actually exist (laughs) and that there's a whole article written about i'm gonna have to read this later not right now but wouldn't regardless of what you're gonna kazam shazam or mandela effect we gotta know today about sound design and do you need to know how to do it in order to be a successful producer is that a thing that is what kfish really wants to know he says 
Do you think it's possible to make compelling bass music without being a good sound designer? He says, Ill Gates says the mixing, composition, and sound design are all equally important aspects of being a producer. But with so many samples and presets available to us now, it seems like just having good taste and curating sounds you like can get you most of the way there without needing to learn how to make the sounds yourself. And I think this is a really good question that probably has multiple correct answers, mm. but it will definitely lead to a good discussion and, uh, and maybe, a, maybe a few fights, you know? This might be our last <laughs> podcast ever, guys. You know, we might not be friends after hearing each other's answers to this. That's my prediction that I'll uh, never see y'all I again. have higher hopes. <laughs> I, I, I like this question. I love this question, actually, because it's a question that every producer has asked themselves at some point in their production career. Like, how much sound design do I actually need to learn, if any, to, mm -hmm. be, to be a good you know, to, to make compelling music. It's a universal question. Yeah. And you know, the, the caveat of bass and EDM music being in there definitely is a wrinkle to the question because clearly we all know it. That is like one of the most sound design intensive genres in general. So you've got to have cool ass sounds. They have to be well designed, but did you have to make them? You know, I've definitely heard some purists and, producer nerds like go in on you know oh man i heard this song and that was just a preset from massive and they just used it in the song like fuck them they they cheated and then i was like me thinking like well then what's the point of presets coming with massive if nobody's allowed to use them shits like who cares like was the song good that's the only question that really matters. Like, was it a compelling piece of music that people liked? Did you like it before you realized it was a preset? You know, I know there's, you know, we all have pet peeves that can ruin music for us. You know, maybe you don't like, you know, certain rap cadence and it just bothers you. So, you know, you, you click the next button or, you know, maybe oh, I like it when shit's more filtered out and less bright in the mix. And this is a really bright mix, so I don't like it. But that doesn't mean that was a bad song. But like what, you know, at what point does it even matter? Because Kfish has a really good point. There are so many places where expert sound designers who do nothing but sound design all day just sell things for dirt cheap, you know? You get 100 samples a month on, on the basic splice plan for eight bucks. So you're talking eight cents a sample. Or what, it's like three credits for a serum patch. So a big whopping 24 cent purchase in your life. For, for a serum preset, that could be the, the foundation to a whole song. And if somebody else wants to sit there and sound design for me, do I really have to learn how to do it in order to make compelling bass music? I think my the thing is, there's no there, there honestly is no right answer to this question. It all depends on what you enjoy as part of the process. And I think that that's that's okay like for me i love doing sound design and so i naturally gravitate to doing that because following the dopamine it leads me to making cool sounds out of enjoyment and not not because i i, I feel like i have to to make good music but just because it's i found it to be fun right and for for someone else that finds songwriting to be way more fun and can't be bothered to sound design like just don't then right like your songwriting will carry carry the tune i think the i think my one elitist discerning point in this is in a genre like modern dubstep or rhythm where all of the sounds kind of collect toward a a central like vibe or sound like there are some like there's a lot of sounds in modern dubstep that are close to one another like Modern dubstep for me is more about the rhythm and the groove and the interpolation between different sounds than it is necessarily each sound. Like one amazing sound can make a dubstep song incredible if you've never heard anything like it. But most dubstep songs that you know and love over the past 10 years are a collection of cool sounds next to each other with a fantastic groove and... <laughs> Uh, cheesy or not, a great pre-drop sample. 
that makes key. you re- remember the song. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't and, remember half of the dubstep songs I love if it didn't have a dope pre-drop vocal for me to Google later. Right? Like, call 911 now! Like, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, for me, like, that kind of modern dubstep sound, like, honestly, there's the, the, before there were good presets for that, you had to learn how to make all those because you didn't have the level of quality for the presets to make that kind of music. Now, where I was going with my one elitist caveat is for a genre like neuro, the the novelty of of neuro hop, or or just neuro, you know, dub uh, dub, not even neuro dub, like neuro in general. So there's like multi facets to to neuro. Like it's either drum and bass or or neuro hop or you know, whatever, neurofunk, like a cone sound or whatever. But the novelty of that is is sounds that you've never heard before. And that's kind of the expectation, right? So I don't I don't know that you can make that genre with presets because I just don't know that there are any like presets that do neuro sounds. And then if you're gonna use samples, like you couldn't make a career out of recycling the neurohop forum priest or sample pack just because you you eventually you just run out of stuff right so that's kind of like my one my one caveat to this whole discussion is like the the ethos of that genre is creating sounds yourself that no one else has heard and then placing them in a rhythmically pleasing way or or maybe a rhythmically jarring way it, it doesn't really matter it's about the sounds you you probably want to you probably want to make those yourself then but Everything else in in the bass music sphere that is that is more about the songwriting or the groove or the vibe or the or the or the dance between different sounds the A B, it's not necessarily as important to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I feel that that for sure. Like, you can you can get a long way without knowing how to sound design. But you can't get that far without knowing how to curate sounds. Like if you can't tell which sounds out of a pile of sounds are worth putting in your song and will actually like work in the mix. And this is a a developed skill for sure. It's not like, you know, either you got it or you don't some sort of weird talent. And it's like a, a curated skill where you can like learn how to curate your sounds and regardless of whether you're sound designing or, you know, cutting through splice or presets, you're going to need that skill. Because if you, even if you sound design all your own shit, you need to check through all the patches you made and like say, well, these ones are clearly the best ones and those ones are a nice practice. Or if you make a bunch of one shots out of a mud pie, you got to listen to that mud pie and be like, hmm, like, some of these are just noisy and some of these don't really have any good movement. And some of these aren't just, aren't that pleasing to my ear. And these ones are, you got to be able to curate. And I don't know, can you sound design? Well, if you don't know, if you don't have that ear for what's going to work, you know, to, to flip the question on its head. I think, I think you could, right? Like you, you could definitely make a bunch of cool sounds and then, put the wrong ones together um like yeah i mean yeah ultimately what it comes down to is the curation is more important than the sounds themselves if you're making music for people to dance to you need a invariably your sense of rhythm and timing and play between different sounds is more important than the sounds themselves and the notes those sounds are playing um yeah yeah end of day it's only going to help you but um the thing that like the uh genre purists and elitists don't understand is like if you look at movies for example you have solely foley artists and then you have people you have the director you have everybody under the director so on and and this is how things work in the bigger picture. There's a whole music department to work on something for all these larger artists. There's a group of people getting together 
and it's um you know everybody is coming together to give a bit of input and to uh make it as good as they can be i kind of forgot where i was going with this point uh oh take the pressure off yourself of like having to make everything from scratch like realize that this is people's whole ass six-figure career just making serum patches because they are that good at it and why why try to compete with uh why try to compete with Michael Jordan and Floyd Mayweather and Mike Tyson and this person and the best of the best at this and the best of the best at this and fuck that you don't got to compete with Virtual Riot on sound design and Max Martin on on arrangement and all of these things because you can only be the best version of you so find out like how much do you like sound design is is that a very key part of the drops you like or is it how everything comes together and creates some kind of vibe or whatever that's going to be two very different needs and approaches to what you're trying to do um but i think it's much like theory where once you know a little bit of music theory you know what's going to reliably work and then you know when you're actually breaking the rules and you can go at it with a bit more scientific approach um, for me personally, I found that the best part of learning sound design and diving deep and making all the patches myself is that I don't feel guilt a for using presets anymore because I feel confident that I can make it. So I'm like, why waste time? B, the most important one is I can tweak these patches to get them how I want. So I don't expect anything to be a hundred percent how I want. But if I can find something that's 80% of the way there and tweak it to get there, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, Like I was saying, the best music comes together collaboratively. So why not use these tools that the pros have come up with? Um, I think, Evan, you're a great example of this because um, I do think you have really great sound design, but it's not... uh, necessarily always like hearing unique textures and shit that really enamors me with your music it's how you're able to bring everything together and articulate it and and really that is where the main benefit of sound design comes because you could take the most stock cymatics growls and whatever noises and make something really cool out of it if you know how to get the proper articulation out of that sound and that takes a bit more, um, from the sound design perspective, it takes a bit more knowing about audio editing and ADSR, when are your sounds ending, uh, getting things off the grid slightly, maybe. How do, um, you know, different VSTs to like help enhance the audio, not necessarily be generating new sounds. Um, so in the previous episode, we talked about that main character idea ways that you can show a different aspect of the sound that you already have um i know i'm jumping all over the place here with the analogies (laughs) but i think of uh the bruce lee thing where he's like i don't fear the man who's practiced ten thousand kicks once i fear the man who's practiced one kick ten thousand times when you i've been to that side trance show there was one kick it happened ten (laughs) thousand times right and slapped (laughs) (laughs) kick (laughs) but um Yeah, so with that sound, it's like, it's not about you designing 500 patches. It's about, can you sit down and write a song today that's cohesive? I don't care about your circle jerk of how many cool sounds you can make and how how much prowess you have at this ability. I want to hear a main character that is developed well throughout the story. So to answer the question, how much sound design do you need? You need enough to... Uh, A, be able to tweak patches. And, and I feel like with that, you basically need some understanding of how to create at least basic patches. I'd say if you can learn your basic shapes, you're set. You can make basically anything you need on the spot and then use presets. Uh, and, and secondly, you need enough sound design to not get so caught up in you doing the smallest thing and now you're so hyped about it because you haven't sound designed enough to realize that you didn't do anything cool yeah man yeah yeah i i think of like 
I, I've been in situations where, you know, we're like, I, I remember me and Moonsplata and Vaden like worked on a track for a cypher back in the day. And when I showed up at Moonsplata's house to work on it, he had like, you know, oh, it's the, the, the we got to work these samples as a part of the, as a part of the cypher challenge. And he was like, well, you know, like I started and I like took this, you know, little clanky noise and I like put it into serum and I turned it into a wavetable and then I made a synth out of it. And now it's this lead bass. And then we're, and then he's like, but I already realized that this is bullshit. I'm just flexing and nobody cares what I made the lead synth out of it. If, if it doesn't sound that good and it just doesn't sound that good. So before we even started, he was like, I did this and I'm already throwing it away. Let's start with something else. And I was like, that is good awareness. That is good awareness. Cause like, Doing that is not how you make a good song. That's how you make a good producer video. Like a um, classic example, that Andrew Huang video where he takes Donald Trump sniffing during like a, during a, you know, primary speech. And he's like, oh yeah, this is how I turn a sniff into a kick. And this is how I turn it into a snare. And now it's a hi-hat and now it's a synth. And like showing how you can use sounds like that is a cool flex in the context of a music video about production and sound design. Like this is what's possible. But if you just heard that song on the radio, you wouldn't know or care about any of that. Like the song part is the part that actually matters for the song part. Like you got to be able to separate the two. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with like that, that solo circle jerk moment of like, Oh, Hey, look how cool I am that I did this as opposed to objectively standing back and being like, yeah, but does it sound good? Amen. Amen. And that's the thing. A lot of these presets are made by people who know what they're doing. They sound good. To me, it's the equivalent of you're hungry, you're next to an apple tree, and you're like, fuck that, I'm going to grow my own apples. And you're just staring <laughs> at this apple tree while you're planting the seed and just like patiently like staring at the ground waiting for it to grow. It's like nah, picking that apple is cheating. I'd <laughs> yeah, rather exactly. starve. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing is like, yeah, you know, while that apple tree is growing, you also need to eat. So if you really want to work on sound design and, and, and evolve yourself that way as a producer and get inspiration from that realm of production, fine. But don't be using your ass sounds for the first couple of years while you're still trying to figure things out, there might be one sound out of every 50 or a hundred that really does work. But otherwise, like keep trying to learn sound design, you know, metaphorically while you wait for your apples to grow, just eat from the tree until another tree sprouts. Now you have two trees, you have your own sounds and you have this fat preset bank, which hopefully you have curated and deleted all the ones that are trash and, maybe updated some of the presets to your taste. Like this is another thing I don't understand with with the purists is it's so black and white. And it's like, how about you take those presets that come with serum, delete the ones you think are trash, take a session to update all of the ones and, and use them as a starting point and save over them. Now you have your version of what everybody else has and you have it in a way that nobody else has it. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Tesco, I think you made a really, really good point with like the, you need to know enough to be able to tweak a preset to get it to do what you need it to do. Right. That, I think that is really for me the baseline that I want to convey in this episode is that you, the, how much sound design do you need to know? You need to know enough to be able to take a sound that you like and make the rhythm and the tonality work for the song that you're making. You know, yeah. a lot of the times you're going to find a preset that is really good. That is just like not quite perfect for the scenario that you're trying to use it in. And you need to know just barely enough to tweak it, to get it to work in your song. I think that is, I think that is the bare minimum I did that. It also sparked what you were talking about, it also sparked a, a question I wanted to pose to you guys. So in order to write compelling music, I'm going to take this a, a step further. In order to make a career in electronic music, to, to make a signature sound, how, how far do you need to take that? You know, is it, 
is it being able to manipulate presets into a, a, a group of sounds that is a palette that you can call your own or how much, how much sound design do you need to learn to be able to make a signature sound? I, think I have no idea. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess I'd argue same. I, I don't know that I have found my, I'm not known for sound design. It's not something I'm trying to compete in, but what I can say is consistency over time done in a slightly unique way will always stand out. Like, for example, you don't have to uh, be look green like a reptile to be instantly recognizable. But if you change your hair color to green, you are 99.9%, you know, you look like everybody else. And there's that one memorable part about you that really sticks out. So with your sound design, right, maybe you find like, I really like FMing by octaves or I really like this kind of filter or I like pushing my notches a bit harder, whatever. Find what that that one or maybe two or three things are that you really gravitate towards to. And then explore how deep that rabbit hole goes. Just because in in one patch you use the comb filter doesn't mean you've exhausted all possible ways to use comb filter. Just because you've used this one LFO shape doesn't mean you've exhausted all ways to do this, right? Every single, even you could limit yourself to two wavetables for the next two months and learn so much more about sound design than you ever thought possible. But nobody likes to limit their creative choices. Everybody always, I mean, in life general, everybody always just feels like, the more I do, the more liberated and free I am and the more creative I'll be and blah, blah. But it's like, Again, in real life, am I more liberated and free if I start smoking crack today? I can do it. It's an option available to me. An, uh, another option available to me is to throw a, uh, a, a country hoe down after my drop. It's available to <laughs> me. Do I want to do oh, it? You need to. So Now, need now, to. now you're I don't really actually do need to. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. It's like just because you can do everything and all the options are available to you you don't need to uh well there's multiple stages you either don't need to ever do them you don't need to do them to that great of an extent or you don't need to master them and so finding how much these areas are important to you um and, and limiting down your creative choices right if you don't like screechy metallic sounds well then you just saved yourself hours of not using FM from B and maybe you find bend minus or, or something like that is like your fucking go-to. You find a way to use that slightly differently than everybody else and that becomes your thing. Um, one artist I, I, I think of often is Eugene. Uh, if you guys know the who that is, he's like a deep dubstep kind of dude, but one thing that really enamored me about him that stuck out is he puts vocals on his music, a uh, typical kind of deep dubstep uh, that you'd expect, but like 5% new sounding. And what he does, he uses a lot of sounds that are familiar to the ear, but the way he articulates them, the way that he phrases his sections, the way that he lets lets a beat or two hang while he just reverbs the sound out and really plays with negative space. Stuff like that is what makes him a very, very uh, promising artist to me, even though I've heard that palette of sounds more or less. So, um, yeah, uh, I, you know, to, to sum that up, you know, I don't think you need all of the options available to you when you find those nuggets of things that you like go in deeper on those and when you find things that you don't like you know if it's a patch or a sample or whatever delete it or um you know just don't use it moving forward i think I, th I think the main thing that you said that resonated with me and that also ties into my own answer to the question that i posed is that finding a signature sound is more about dedicated subtraction of options than it is 
prowess in every facet of sound design, right? So like basically, do you need to be a sound design master to create a signature sound? No. All you have to do is pick a specific palette that you feel like represents what you like and double down on that and figure out, you know, what specific moves help me get closer to that. Like, so for instance, like I don't necessarily resonate with like the super hi-fi, like I I hate to single out like, you know, an artist on this, but like AU5, oh my God, do I respect his music infinitely. And his sound design prowess is almost unmatched in the in the type of sounds that he does. But that like super liquid, plastic, extra hi-fi bass sounds to me, it comes, it comes across like almost insincere. And that's kind of like a rough word to use for music that I actually do respect and appreciate. But like, that like extra liquid plasticky texture is just something that I don't resonate with personally or like a snail's like liquid, like barfy, like vomit step. Vomit like step. That, that kind of sound, like I don't, I don't resonate with that either. And it's not that it's not that I don't appreciate that sound, but for my, my taste, I understand that that is not a kind of sound that I'm going to use in my music. And that is a rule that I just will not break. And that is the thing that creates a signature sound, not, not being like, I'm so good. I can make all of this stuff. It's not that it's, it's, it's rigidly sticking to the, I'm not going to put that in my music because it doesn't fit my ethos and my vibe and what I like. And that's way more important in getting to a sound that people associate with you in that subtracting all of the things that you don't feel like fit you. That That is a much more beneficial mindset to have to get there than to be so good that you can make all this stuff. It's not that important. You just need to figure out how to get that one thing that you like. What few moves can you make to get that one thing that you like and double down on that? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, we don't judge Michael Jordan on his ability to play chess. We don't judge Mark Zuckerberg on his swimming lap time. Right. It's like as a producer, (laughs) what you feel me? It's like (laughs) they double down on what makes them them great. Right. It's not like Michael Jordan's out practicing five sports. He's practicing one and he excelled at at that one. And that's what he's known for. Um. Yeah, go go in on that. Um and 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 find what works for you. Um like that whole point on if you got to try too hard and and uh it, it comes across that way, it's not going to be cool and if it's not cool, people aren't aren't going to like it. But on the flip side too, the reason why AU5 is is successful is because there are also people that don't fuck with his music like that. Like Evan you very specifically know that that style isn't for you, even though you can respect it. In that mm-hmm. same regard, you don't want to be doing uh, all the kinds of sounds and all the kinds of options and trying to please everybody because you're not going to please anybody. And so it's it's through the limitations that you're able to create the sound. It's, um, you know, it's whatever analogy, but like, not smoking crack leads me to live a better life than if I did do the thing. Me not being able to javelin throw for distance doesn't impede my life because I don't want to be a javelin thrower. It's through me narrowing in on what I value or, you know, to the listener, what you value that should shape your choices. And I highly encourage people to actually make a hierarchy of like the top three to five things that you really like in production. And if it's your goal to be a sound designer, then that should be number one. And that should get disproportionately more time than you learning songwriting techniques and arrangement and composition, blah, blah. But if you're trying to be an artist and that's your number one, and maybe sound design is second or third, right? You got to manage your time accordingly and manage your skills accordingly. 
right? If you're a runner, you're not going to be doing bench press all day, right? Shit like that. It, it's pretty straightforward, but it's not until it's like very obviously put like that, that uh, it really clicks, I find. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to the basketball analogy, like, you know, Shaq can't shoot a free throw for shit. But are you going to say he's a bad basketball player? Are you, are you looking at his say career? Can't spin a rhythm set? Yeah. He's actually a great example <laughs> in this because he he does spin rhythm sets. But you're not going to say Shaq's a terrible basketball player because he can't shoot free throws very well. You know, our, th- that analogy is, is, is sound design your free throw shot. Like, mm. Do is it is it does it just not come naturally to your style of music? It does it not just come naturally to your style of playing basketball? Then don't necessarily try and define your success or failure based on that thing. It's one facet of an extremely multifaceted thing that is music production. There there are so many things that go into that that it's way more important to double down on your strengths, double down on the stuff that excites you, the stuff that you want to learn, that you're motivated to learn, spend time getting good at. And then if you are twice as good at thing X than anyone else, and you can't do sound design for shit, no one's going to care because you're twice as good at this other thing that people really do care about. And and the people that are going to love your music aren't going to be the sound design nerds and that's okay. You shouldn't be trying to make everyone happy. Yeah. You should yeah. be trying to make the music that feels authentic to you doubling down on your strengths. And that is what's going to take you the way. Amen, man. I, I want to like ask this important question. What is a producer? What does that mean? Because there's a lot of titles in music. There's songwriter, arranger, composer producer sound designer engineer vocalist recording artist there's all these different things we don't have to all be good at all of these things if you are the best at one of them you've got a great career if you're just a great engineer but you can't write uh write a lead line to save your life people pay good money for that If you're just a sound designer, but don't know what to do with that patch after you've designed it, awesome, sell it to somebody. If you have no idea how to sound design, but you've just got melodies pouring out of your head all day, pay somebody else for their sound design. You know, like one of the classic examples is Timbaland. Timbaland works with teams of people. There's a guy named Sound Oracle who, you know, started off as a producer. And he didn't even know what a sound designer was, but he would just like make sounds. He would just like figure shit out. It's something he gravitated towards before he even knew that was a title. And he was showing some people his music and they were like, holy shit, these sounds are great. Where did you get them? He's like, what do you mean? I made them. They're like, oh, you made all of this? We got to introduce you to Timbaland. And Timbaland's like, will you sound design for me? He's like, I didn't know that was a thing, but clearly, yes. This is the biggest fucking moment in my career. This is a turning point from me being random producer trying to do something to working with the big dogs. And, you know, Timbaland has amazing ideas and he'll like get in there and just like beatbox and hum and clap the entire beat out. But he's not as good of a sound designer as Sound Oracle is. So it's like the fact that they teamed up for so long, they made some of the biggest hits by each doing the part they were best at, as opposed to going down the rabbit hole of what they're not that good at. So like, there's all these different things, just like Ripken was just saying, what are the things that are your strengths that you can lean on? If there's something you really want to get better at, go practice it. But it still might never become one of your top three strongest things like Tesco was talking about. So you know, I've I've kind of come to terms with like just straight up sound design isn't a place where I want to super focus. I have a decent level of knowing what all the knobs on a synthesizer do so I can tweak. I can take a patch and be like, ooh, you know what? That's pretty dope. But let me change the filter cutoff frequency and the attack time so that it hits how I need it to right here. You Man. know, like 
that's very helpful, knowing what the knob does and why I'm going to turn it. But I don't know if I started with the init patch, I probably wouldn't ever got to this patch in the first place. That, and I'm so glad you brought up that Timbaland story because it's stuff like that. It's what it's having watched so much content of my favorite artists and seeing them struggle through something that I find very easy or them having no idea how this one aspect of the process is done. To me, it just makes it feel that much more real, that much more attainable and takes off that much more pressure on on having to learn every single aspect. It also opens up my eyes to the fact that it's just simply, simply, simply just not possible to be as good as Virtual Riot on sound design and be as good as Zed on, on songwriting and be as good as this person on this ass uh, DJing and blah, 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 mix downs, all this shit. It's because Zed alone has like five people helping him. So you already can't match that level of songwriting. Now you're going to take that pressure and put the pressure of five other professionals with teams on yourself. Nah, it's yeah. just not going to be possible like that. But um, part of that too, I think, comes from finding the areas where you fall short and almost like doubling down on them in a sense. Like every couple of years, I find the song with the most interesting sound design that comes out typically comes from um, a sound that you would have heard through the process as you're fucking up, but they dial it in a very specific way. For example, um, that song Boss by, uh, Car was it Carbon? I'm a die a boss, and boy, you better believe that. You know, wait, 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 the little squeaky mm -hmm. synth. Yeah, yeah. Who hasn't thrown FM up for octaves and, and made that abomination of a sound? But they dialed it in, articulated it super well. It became the craziest thing. Same with Bubba Tunde. It's literally like the most basic waveform with like a couple, couple upper harmonics added. Like you could literally do that shit in Operator, which is the most basic synth in Ableton, and you just OTT it, add some post processing, bam, that sound or that song was the like the song, if not top three of that year, and it like turned next. And there's that whole like uh, phrasing and hybrid trap now that everybody's following, which basically follows the Bubba Tunde phrasing, it's shit like that where find ways to like define what is coming to you already and yeah some stuff is just plain not gonna work but wherever you're naturally falling take advantage of that it's like if the wind is blowing to the right and and you would you know you would die to see what's over on the left side and all that that's cool but like if if you have this easy opportunity I'm not saying settle. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting lost in this analogy, but what I'm getting at is like, don't, don't tire yourself out swimming upstream and like just fixating on this like golden carrot that you can never swim to. If there is another golden carrot in the opposite direction, or there's two golden carrots in the opposite direction, and the 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 friggin' stream is pushing you that way, and you can literally kick your feet back and lay in the water and let it take you there versus like trying to struggle your way up this river to get to this result where you know swimming up the river is the metaphor for competing against virtual riot or competing against whatever professional in this domain that you're trying to compete at stop Very trying to Dallas, be that person man. yeah yeah exactly yeah, find so what comes to you and double down i don't need to hear virtual riot light exactly i i think mm -hmm. i i think the the, the bow on this is whatever direction your personal stream is flowing don't try and fight against that figure out where that stream is going figure out the easiest kick your feet up and float down that stream path is that your own innate sensibilities your taste your skills are leading you towards and follow that stream to the ocean of success yeah sure. i have one and thing i want to me too me <laughs> yeah, too actually go for it. <laughs> so i've had this this metaphor bouncing in my head for like half the episode here it's like 
focus on like, I ask like, what's a producer? A producer is the one that makes sure it's all put together right. Right. You know, in the classic sense, you know, of, of the record, like when you're putting a record together, you've got the songwriters, you've got the band, you've got the arrangers and the producer is the one that makes sure it all comes together. Right. So whether he wrote any of it, it doesn't matter. They, they put, they put the things together. Right. And so I thought of like a sandwich shop. The sandwich shop's job is to take all the ingredients, stack them well, and present them in an appealing way efficiently to the consumer who wants a sandwich. Did they make their bread in-house? Very possibly. They might have they might be baking bread in that oven right there. Did they grow their tomatoes and lettuce in-house? Almost certainly not. You know, I've heard of a couple of special restaurants that have like a rooftop garden where they're like, oh, we actually harvested this butter lettuce from the rooftop garden this afternoon. So it's extra fresh. But that's a niche thing. Did Do they got pigs and cows and turkeys in the back that they're slaughtering on site? No, they do not. Do they have a dairy where they're making cheese? No. And you don't care. You don't care that Subway didn't make the cheese here. You care that you can show up and get your goddamn $5 foot long. That's all that you care about. You, what is your job? Focus on that. If your job is to put out this type of music that you're feeling in your soul, do that part and use whatever tools make it easier. Like don't, don't lose the forest for the trees, right? Your job is to make a forest. You didn't have to plant every tree. just like that apple tree, right? You want to, you want to eat an apple and not grow a tree or that that dope meme that keeps coming back of like, oh, you know, I wanted to make my own drum sounds, but that was cheating. I couldn't sequence them, so then I had to like build drums. So I couldn't get buy drums, I had to build them. And I, uh, the, you know, I I gotta grow my own trees and goats, so I don't make any music with all the goat farming. Like, you know, like yeah. you're gonna get lost trying to prove something that doesn't matter to nobody. So just focus yeah. on what's actually important to you and do that shit and take whatever help or cheat codes you can along the way. Cause this shit is not easy and not that many people actually make it. So at least do the parts you enjoy the most and outsource the rest to people yeah. who enjoy that shit more. 100. Yeah. You're you, you have a limited capacity from now till the end of your life to learn all this shit. We don't know where the cap is, but it is limited and just realize that with every little side tangent and stuff that you're doing you should be taking them uh at least enough to realize whether this uh, uh domain you want to explore more but if you realize that something is for isn't for you don't let it waste your time um and i also wanted to say uh on that note i made earlier of taking presets, taking sample packs, all of that stuff and tweaking them to make it your own version of that thing right? I cannot tell you how many times I've used, there's three different cymatics growls. Two of them are in E, one is in D. I think it's from the Dubstep Essentials pack. I cannot tell you when I'm making bass music, how often I've used those because I have so many tools in my tool belt at this point to articulate those individual one-shot samples that I can fit them into so many different contexts. And when I need that very, honestly, generic, kind of typical uh, growly sound with that texture as a basis to build off of, bam, easiest go-to. And um, it just goes to show how much versatility there is in that one sample. So here's the thing. If you learn that one cool-ass trick with... Uh, the all pass filter or something. And then you learn another cool trick where you FM uh, with octave leaps and you do another cool trick where you learn this or that. Take it also as an opportunity to like flip through all of these quote unquote generic presets that you always keep looking past. And how about you make a version of like, Go through all of the default serum bases and apply that one technique you learned and make a new folder called crazy filtered bases. And then maybe maybe only like three or four of them will work with this technique. But bam, now you have that. Now you learn a different technique. You make a new folder. You save those variations. Now each of those variations, what if you stack the techniques, 
right? What if you resample those down, you put it to audio, you reverse it, throw it as a wavetable, and then you do one more layer. It's just like branching out layers of complexity. And I really want to nail that point home because that's something I often do anytime I download a new preset bank or download a new sample pack is first, I delete the shit I don't like. And then B, I make my own Frankenstein version of that sample pack or that preset bank that is custom to my tastes. I think that will, um, getting out of that black and white thinking of like, I'm either all in on uh, making my own sounds and I'm never going to use anything that any other living being has touched versus I'm only ever going to use presets and never tweak any one thing about them and I'm going to sound like the most generic mashup. The the truth is, is somewhere in between there and, and get the most out of every single resource you have. It's not a this or that. It's this and this and this and anything else that helps you. Boom. Woo. Woo. And on that note, I think you wrapped it up really well. Yeah. Bang, bang. Yeah. All right, humans. We done did it. Another beautiful episode. Appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate all the humans listening. Give you a big old peace. And of course, among the worlds. peace among worlds. <laughs>